On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One British Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? Hello. I'm partially covered in paint, but uh, I've been putting some hours at the, the new house, getting all the rooms painted. Uh, one of them is green and red. Uh, red on bottom, green on top. Or is it reversed? Interesting. Uh, yeah, and it's got like a piece of chair trim kind of in the middle, blending the two. So needless to say, we were painting it well, beige, but you know, we're keeping the, we're keeping the chair trim. Okay. You're just not a fan of the Christmas room. Yeah, no, somebody said it looked like a pizzeria. Oh yeah. I could see that. Uh, it, yeah. Like colors kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be my, uh, my new office and server room. So I'd prefer it not to be that color. You want to work in a pizzeria. Understandable. I have spent my time in pizza places. <laughs> yeah, it's something uh, I'd, I'd like to think I'm past that. Yeah, hopefully. Um, <laughs> well, I hope the painting continues to go well for you. I've been seeing your updates on, on social media. Yeah. Uh, looks good so far. I'm not a painter, though, so my opinion is kind of void. But regardless, it's, this yeah. is... It's a racing podcast. Let's get into the <laughs> racing. Uh, we only had one race to go over this week, and that is the Formula One British Grand Prix. No IndyCar this week, but we're going to be spoiled with three races before the next episode. So get everybody ready for that. It's going to be a long one. Um, come prepared to listen and sit for a while. Yeah, just one uh, race. Or not. We talk about paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to literally <laughs> sit here and watch paint dry. Um, but... No, anyway. <laughs> British Grand Prix, Formula One. Let's go through qualifying real quick. Surprise. Everybody was surprised. Max Verstappen on pole for the fifth time in a row, I think. Fourth or fifth. Uh, Definitely fifth. But actual, actual surprise. Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri were second and third. McLaren is back, baby, and I am here for it. I was thinking about that the uh, entire time watching qualifying in the race. It's like, Nathan's going to be so happy about this. I am so ecstatic about this. Uh, and then, fourth and fifth were the Ferraris of Leclerc and Sainz. Sixth and seventh were the Mercedes of Russell and Hamilton. And eighth through ten was Albon, Alonso, and Gasly. Alex Albon yeah. and Williams doing great things. Logan Sargent also looked fantastic this week. He qualified 14th, but he almost made it through to Q3. Oh boy, the field yeah. is getting shaken up in the midfield in a big way, and I I love it. Yeah, he kind of got caught out during Q two, uh, and really didn't have a whole lot of time to run another. I don't know why he was in the pit for so long. Uh, yeah, some adjustment or something, I'm sure, but uh, he just ran out of time essentially to get enough laps under those tires to get him warmed up, or else I feel like he probably would have made it into Q three. Probably. Uh, the Williams does look quite a bit better than it did at the beginning of the season, and quite a bit better than it has in a long time. Yeah, and um, they, they look really good on this track, too. Silverstone's a fast track, and that really helped the Williams. That's true. The Williams does seem to have really good speed, like top speed, so Monza's usually their go-to race uh, when they do pretty well. That's where DeVries scored points in the Williams last year. Uh, so we'll see what happens this year. Um, but that is still several races away. <laughs> yeah, and it won't be DeVries scoring points, I don't think. Prob probably not, no, uh, if he's even driving the car by <laughs> then, but we're going to get into that a little later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, going into the race. Lando Norris took the lead of the Grand Prix after a fantastic start on lap one. Uh, Verstappen dropped a second and had to battle Piastri to retain that spot as well. Piastri did get a great start just behind Norris, but he kind of got stuck behind the two cars and had nowhere to go, so he filtered back to third where he started. Um, Verstappen followed Norris until DRS was activated and then quickly retook the lead on lap five with pretty much no issues. Lando didn't even really defend it because what's the point? Um, 
On lap 7, Lewis Hamilton passed Fernando Alonso for P7 uh, after he dropped back uh, a few spots on the start. He didn't have a great start. Uh, Perez, at this point, started to make his way through the field after starting 16th. Um, on lap... It says lap 5 on my script, but I think it was more like lap 10. Uh, DeVries hit Hulkenberg and caused damage to both cars, uh, and Hulkenberg did have to pit after that. Um... Magnussen had an engine failure on lap 32 after uh, quite a few laps of procession, um, and that caused a safety car, which shook things up quite a bit. The leaders pit under the safety car. Verstappen and Hamilton took softs, and Norris took hards. Um, Piastri also took hards, but he pitted right before the safety car happened. Um, Norris defended for his life as his tires warmed up on the restart and managed to retain P2 until Hamilton's tires started to wear off behind him. Uh, on lap 44, Perez overtook Sainz for P7, and then Albon and Leclerc followed him through. So Sainz dropped to 10th place in four corners, which was, I'm sure, absolutely devastating. <laughs> on lap 46, Lance Stroll hit Pierre Gasly and broke his suspension, and that earned Stroll a five-second penalty. Since it took Gasly out of the race, I think that was a little bit uh, on the lighter side. <laughs> a slap on the wrist, if you will. Um, Stroll was just playing, he's been playing bumper cars all season, uh, but we're going to get into that a little bit too. <laughs> um, on lap 47, Perez passed Alonso for P6 and that kind of wrapped up the race and it ended with Verstappen, Norris and Hamilton on the podium. Yeah. Norris right. did have a, a good last, kind of exciting last couple laps, uh, defending from Lewis uh, yes. I think it was Lewis, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, it was, I got, it I was right after the restart, but... Yeah. yeah, who's it had, like, a really good, like, last couple laps fending off another driver? Uh, looks... Well, Piastri was catching Hamilton. Oh, it was Albon and Leclerc. That's who it was. Albon. Yep, Albon and Leclerc were fighting... Uh, and then Alonzo. Yeah. There was some, okay. um, everybody was pretty close in the midfield for sure. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, that safety car even had Verstappen kind of reined in a little closer to the rest of the field. Yeah, Verstappen only finished 3.7 seconds ahead of Landon Norris in second. So, uh, definitely not the 30 seconds we're used to. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know you're not supposed to like the safety cars coming out for driver's sake, but I actually really enjoyed the fact that a safety car hit. I think that actually made for a pretty exciting race. Yeah, it hit at the perfect time, too, right at everybody's pit window. Uh, yeah, I mean, safety cars just make racing more interesting in general, I think. Yeah. Um, of course, we don't want to see anybody crash and get hurt, but at the same time, it does make the, the racing more exciting a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I do remember the day where one was... day we don't need that, but yeah, that's called esports, Ben. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Another uh, racing series? No. Yeah. All right. Now we're going into F1 2023 esports. Uh, <laughs> what's this face? Yarno Altmir is the championship leader. He is the Max Verstappen of this series. No. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that's the tangent. <laughs> um, all right, results of the race: first through first through tenth uh, were Verstappen, Norris, Hamilton, Piastri, Russell, Perez, Alonso, Albon, Leclerc, and Sainz. Eleven through fifteen was Sergeant, Bottas, Hulkenberg, Stroll, and Joe. 16 through and 17 rounding off the finishers were Sunoda and DeVries, both AlphaTauris. And then our DNS were Gasly, Magnuson, and Akon. Uh, horrible day for Alpine. Double DNF. <laughs> and watching McLaren Not... get so high up in the standings. Yeah, second and fourth. Um, looking down here at the championship standings, McLaren has officially jumped Alpine out of nowhere. Like, Alpine, we talked about it on, on a podcast, I think it was two episodes ago, Alpine was on an island by themselves, and there was no one close to them, in front of them, or behind them, 
And two races later, McLaren is now in front of them by yeah, 12 points. Well in front of them. Yeah. It's that's pretty wild. Um yeah, Leto is now is fast enough to catch up necessarily. I don't know. It's gonna take know. take something pretty special. If if this McLaren thing is not like a fluke for two races and they actually are arguably the second or third fastest car on the grid right now. Um, I've been seen. I don't see Alpine catching up, but I also didn't see McLaren even being really a midfield team this year. So uh, anything can happen. These just it's. I don't think I've ever seen mid-season upgrades affect a car this much ever. Maybe. Um, well, there's engine upgrade for Mercedes in Brazil in 2021. Or was it uh, but that wasn't really. I think that, that was wasn't 20... mid season. No, it was twenty twenty one, and it wasn't really an upgrade. It was the fact that they had such reliable engines that they were using their last allotted engine for the last two races of the season, so they were able to turn it up to max without because okay. they didn't have to worry about reliability. Gotcha. So they turned it up to get the maximum performance out of it. Um, so. While everybody did call that the Mercedes rocket ship engine, it was literally just the regular Mercedes engine at 100% speed. Whereas normally they don't run it that fast to preserve it longer. Yeah, but um, that's the same kind of performance leap that I feel like we saw here. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair. Um, sure, we've seen big jumps like that between seasons, like Aston Martin, for example, this year. Uh huge performance leap but yeah mid-season upgrades just from like after two weeks or two races of upgrades it's like they're a completely different car now uh and they're they have more upgrades coming in hungary next race so it's it's gonna be pretty interesting to see what happens <laughs> yeah um, yeah i think mclaren might actually have the fastest mercedes powered car on the grid at this point yeah, well, it's hard to say. Yeah, that's the thing is it's really hard to say because, I mean, it looks like they're really good on straights and in high-speed corners, um, but we haven't seen a ton of... We, have, we haven't really seen any of them in, like, slower tracks because uh, Austria and Britain are both super fast tracks. Um, so seeing them in low-speed corners like in Hungary is going to be the real test to see where they are yeah but um then well yeah hungary and spa and netherlands are gonna be the pretty much opposite of fast tracks well belgium is to Part some spa. extent spa is such a great track because it's it's got everything that's one of the reasons it's such a legendary circuit um yeah yeah i'm really but, hoping it doesn't get flooded out this year yeah hopefully uh, do do the reverse rain dance um, but then we go back to Italy and Monza, and then that's where they'll probably shine. Uh, but with Red Bull's DRS package being so insanely good, I don't see Max not winning that one either, but Max will probably win the rest of the races this season, if we're being honest, unless some reliability things happen, but even, even so, that'll be one DRS. Who knows, maybe something crazy will happen in Vegas possibly which is another really fast track <laughs> have you been seeing the the videos and the pictures of the the globe thing that they just finished building i haven't no i haven't been keeping track very well oh uh, they just uh, there's like this orb sphere thing it's like a building that they're planning on hosting like ufc fights in and boxing and all those kinds of events uh like the elon musk marks like bird fight yeah i hope so <laughs> Um, which I, I hope happens that I, oh my goodness, I, I doubt it, but if it happened, that would be incredible. Anyway, that would be the only thing that would get me to actually want to pay for a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, if you hear crackling in the background, uh, my girlfriend's cat has found a box of paper bags. Okay. She's exploring it, so. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> she's she's explored all of it we're good 
We're good. We're good. All right. Um, but anyway, there's this giant, it's like a sphere thing and it has a giant like LED. I don't know if it's LED or I think it's LED. It's got this giant LED like outside of it. And so they can just make, well, they can make the outside look like whatever they want. <laughs> um, oh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, most of the time it's been like the, the pictures I've seen are like the earth or the moon or uh there's like this cool like reflective one they have um then they did one that's like an eyeball (laughs) yeah i just looked up the pictures that's crazy yeah it's pretty wild uh but the track the f1 track goes around that and so uh we'll get to see plenty of shots of that during the race which is super cool and it's a night race so it'll be definitely lit up for the occasion i wonder if it'll be like a, a driver's view of the track or something like that like some kind of race feed that'd be kind of cool uh, yeah it'd be interesting i don't know how they'd project that onto a sphere but uh <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say it would look good but it looked cool yeah <laughs> yeah got the fish eye view um yeah. but yeah so that's that's completed the track as far as i'm aware is coming along nicely in terms of the the construction of it um yeah well, it's it Vegas. They have to... so much money to throw out that thing. I find it hard to believe that they yeah. could be off schedule. Yeah, that's that's very true. Vegas is becoming a big sports hub. Like it's weird because they weren't uh, like ten years ago. They didn't really have any big teams, and now they've got hockey team, soccer team, football team. We're talking about an MLB team, uh, like, and now there's F1 races going there. It's it's kind of exploding right now in the world of sports um but anyway that's off topic (laughs) vegas Um, vegas is having a big big mid-season upgrade yes huge uh on mclaren's level for sure yeah um but williams also has brought some mid-season upgrades that also seem to be working not quite as well as mclaren's um but they're to the point now where albon is consistently scoring points even yeah. if it's well, the William, of the, the points tree. Yeah, Williams started a little further behind than even McLaren did. That's true. They had a little um, more ground. That's fair. Uh, it, but even still, I think it's really cool that they're finally actually able to score points. Yeah, uh, yeah it's Albon officially all aboard the Williams hype train. Yeah, for sure. Albon, I think, is proving that he's a very talented driver. Uh, and he was just another victim of being a Max Verstappen teammate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw a, an interview where Helmut Marco was saying, unfortunately, Alex Albon is still, like, his contract with Williams is going to last a little longer. Uh, so it sounds like they were looking at Albon until they saw the contract stuff. Maybe they still are, who knows, as a potential uh, future F1 Red Bull driver. I don't know, man. If I were Albon, I would not go back to the at Red least, Bull At least family. from the gist of the interview <laughs> that I saw. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't if I were him either, but I think I it's interesting know. that Red Bull's looking back at him again, especially after they shunted Gasly so hard. Yeah, for sure. Gasly wouldn't go back, that's, that's for sure. Um, but, anyway, uh, Albon's looking really good. Um, I could see him working his way into a solid midfield team or a top team that's probably not Red Bull in the future, If, but maybe not. There's only a certain amount of seats, and there's so much talent on the grid, obviously. Um, but we'll see. If, uh, if McLaren can actually make their car stay good, then Lando might be more inclined to stay. Yeah. Um, but he's got to start winning races is the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, now that McLaren has a, a little taste of what it could be like, and now they're going to want a lot more. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ferrari is falling behind. They seem to not be making any sort of progress, really, in terms of speed. They're kind of where they were at the beginning of the season, and other people are just passing them up. Um, and Aston Martin is kind of seeming to be in the same boat the last couple of races. Um, who knows? They might bring 
upgrades over the summer break. Uh, and Hungary is definitely more of a track that would suit Aston Martin as they're really good in the low-speed corners. Um, so I do anticipate they'll have a pretty good race in Hungary. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. McLaren is just such a big... <laughs> they've made such a big leap the last two races that it just seems like... I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they're just that good, which I hope so, because I was getting concerned at the beginning of the season that we would never see them at the top of the field again. <laughs> um, but that is not the case. Mercedes is also very consistent now. They weren't at the beginning of the year, but now they seem to be settling, getting anywhere from second to sixth between the two drivers every every race. It seems like. Yeah, it seems to be more uh, the other teams and their upgrades kind of shifting around them, but Mercedes themselves seem to be pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, Nick DeVries, I think his seat is more and more in jeopardy every every race that goes on. I yeah. would not be surprised if we saw a driver switch mid-season. Um, I would not be surprised if Daniel Ricciardo was that, that driver... Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Liam Lawson was that driver. Uh, but I would honestly kind of be surprised if DeVries made it to the second half of the season. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, from what I was seeing on, on Reddit, of course, the most reliable sources. Uh, we love Reddit. Yes. But, uh, I was seeing after Xander Court, it looked like we would probably see some decision get made. After Zandvoort? Yeah. That seems, uh... Zandvoort's the first race after summer break, so do you mean, like, before Zandvoort? Or did you, did it say after Zandvoort? Maybe. But, uh, maybe, maybe they're uh, gonna let... Maybe I could be wrong. ...home race and then boot him. Who knows? Oh, that would make sense. That would suck. <laughs> could you imagine get getting rid of him right before the, his home race? Oh, that would be... Oh... <laughs> that would be rough. Let me check the schedule on RevHang.com real quick. Oh, wow, you uh, can do that? Yes, you can do that. Uh, if you are ever curious, you can go to RevHang.com and check the schedule for IndyCar, Formula 1, and IMSA. Uh, yes, the Netherlands... Wait. Oh, go ahead. It's, it's, well, it's okay. Uh, it could be better. I'm hosting it through Squarespace, so it's not ideal, but... Uh, Hopefully in the future Probably we'll get some better. main F1 page. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, it's also, I think, a little easier to navigate through this through this website. But uh, regardless, uh, Netherlands is the first race after summer break on August twenty seventh. Um, yeah, so yeah, so... maybe they'll let him race in his. Uh, I wonder, oh man, it would be so kind of like bad if they announced that he was losing his seat, but then they're just like, we're going to let him race in the Netherlands just so we can. <laughs> I can honestly see like, that happening. So. This would be his farewell race, but it'd be so depressing, especially if you like DNF'd. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, let's not speak that into existence, though, even though it's too late. It's, yeah, it's dangerous. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see DeVries staying, especially, he won't, ha he, he won't have a seat next year. I'm... 95% certain of that. Um, and I'm probably about 65% sure that he will lose his seat by the midseason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think Ricardo would be willing to step down to Alvatore? Because I know part of the reason he's now an, a Red Bull reserve driver is because he wasn't really willing to step down to a, a, a lower midfield team or a lower back marker team uh, when he first lost his seat at McLaren. At this point, where else would he go? Who else is going to take Ricardo? <laughs> also fair, like, yeah. He's got, what is he, he's hoping, I don't know what his plan is, if it's not to go down to Alpatari, is he hoping that after one to two years off that they'll just shove him into Perez's seat? Because I don't think that's very likely. Yeah, that is kind of a jump. Um, so... I think they start him at AlphaTauri, hope he does well, and then possibly move him in to replace Perez, depending on how he does. I also, I know we keep saying this every week, but I still think Pelot is a valid option for Red Bull. Um, yeah, I would love to see that. That'd be so cool. That would be so cool. 
Pillow's very much in the McLaren camp right now, but I don't see McLaren ditching Norris or Piastri anytime soon. Piastri has been so good as a rookie. Um, yeah. And they have, no they have a young... Change. They could stay with yeah. McLaren for a while and continue to get better. Absolutely. I could see Pillow going to McLaren if Lando left, but I don't see Lando leaving unless it's to go to Mercedes. Uh... And I don't see that happening until Hamilton retires, which he keeps saying is going to be another five years away. So, <laughs> um, I think it'll be. I think Hamilton would retire in twenty twenty six at the earliest if if the Mercedes isn't good after the regulation change. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't see Lando leaving anytime soon. Realistically, I don't see Piastri for sure leaving anytime soon. Um, so I think if Polo does want an F1 seat, it's probably going to be the only one that makes sense to me is the, to replace Ferez or to have him go into AlphaTauri first, have Ricardo replace Perez for a season and then <laughs> watch mm, Ricardo yeah. get trashed again. Um, I don't know which one is riskier. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a lot that could happen, but. Perez is still under contract through next season, so if they were to pull Pillow on board into AlphaTauri next season alongside Danny Ricardo and have them fight out for the seat, uh, I think that's probably the best way they'd do it. But they'd have to drop Sunoda and Debris this season, which I don't think is necessarily the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think uh, the Red Bull would buy out Perez's contract if he keeps up the uh, performance, kind of like what we saw today? Um. I, I want to say they wouldn't, but if he keeps qualifying, if he keeps not making Q3, like, that's kind of ridiculous. That's Yeah, that's not good. And, I mean, Great. the last race before this one, at least he was able to climb back up into the podium, but this time, I mean, he wasn't really that close for being in the fastest car on the grid. No. And it's like I get that he kind of got caught out with bad weather in Q1, but at the same time, like, you're in the fastest car on the grid, so you kind of just have to deal with it and still perform. Um, I don't know. Perez is just, uh, it's, uh, it's rough. It's kind of hard to watch. It seems like he's unraveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like he's kind of falling apart a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's just yeah. a mental block that he has to get over, or, uh, what's going on but something has changed this isn't normal for him even though yeah. he's not never he's never been like super great at qualifying but this is the first time i think since i don't i know last week it was the first time that a red bull has missed q3 four times in a row since david coulthard in like 2000 what was it 2006 or 2008 or something like that and now it's five times in a row so i don't know if that's even ever happened um, and that's back when Red Bull was just a baby team that wasn't really back competitive. Back in the bad old days. So, uh, the bad old days. Yeah. And now they're a championship winning team with Max being able to... Max Verstappen himself would be winning the Constructors' Championship right now. Um, <laughs> which, it's just... I don't know. He needs to Perez needs to figure something out. He's he's still second in the standing somehow, but Alonso is less than twenty points behind him. Yeah, um, and he's now almost he's one point away from being a hundred points behind Max. Yeah. And even if Max is, you know, three times the driver that Perez is, which I don't necessarily believe is that much better than any other driver. Um I mean he's clearly on something, but Perez is really far behind him to be feeling too comfortable in his seat. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, yeah. And then speaking of uh, people that are maybe not super comfortable in their seat, even though this is like wild speculation, Lance Stroll is not what Aston Martin needs if they want any sort of shot at a championship in the future. Alex Pelot to Aston Martin. Yeah, that could happen too. That could very, very well happen. It's just, it's getting to the point where 
Lawrence Troll is going to have to make a decision between making his son happy and winning. Um, and eventually he's going to want to win. Eventually he's going to want to win. He Especially might enough, have... Car is so much faster than it has been in the past. It's like blood in the water. Yeah. yeah, it's getting to the point where it's like, how, how long do you let this go? Like, you gave your son... Stroll's been in the sport for, what, eight years now almost? A long so, time. Longer than I remember. That's, that's a long time for a Formula One driver. And um, it's... Uh, I think his time is uh, just about just about to the point where he might need to look at world endurance or something. <laughs> uh, maybe IndyCar. Um, Ooh, Aston Martin IndyCar be, team. That would be pretty sick, and that's Put something I could see Stroll doing too. Cowards. Yeah, uh, I could see Stroll starting an IndyCar team though. That yeah. it seems kind of crazy to think about, but at the same time, I think he would really like the idea of having the same car as everybody else <laughs> and then just be able being able to outspend every other team and every other department except for like mclaren uh and just have an insane amount of cars running the best drivers uh with the best strategists like <laughs> that seems like it could be really appealing to him yeah <laughs> um but who knows we'll see and if that happens, then I think Lance Stroll's days are definitely numbered if they start an IndyCar team. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. although IndyCar isn't so much a Constructors' Championship, so might not be into that as much. I don't know. No, but it's... I mean, you teams do earn legendary status even, even in IndyCar, true, even though yeah. it's not really a Constructors' Championship. Um, there's like, definitely there's, better. I see what you're saying. It's just like the difference between like Ed Carpenter racing and Penske. <laughs> okay, and okay, yeah, st yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if he wants the prestige. I could see him doing that, um, but also he might just want to focus his efforts on F one, which I could also see. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, that is very speculative, but. I don't think Stroll is going to be in the sport forever like a lot of people think he is. Yeah, and I would love to see Alonso, if, for how, however long he stays, get paired up with a, a younger driver to kind of carry the torch forward. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'd be it'd be cool to see Alonso like, mentor somebody that's new to the sport, like someone like Polo, like that's <laughs> maybe got a lot of speed but not yes. doesn't have the F1 experience. Some hot young IndyCar um, driver, just fresh off a couple championship wins. I can't think of his name right yeah. now. But... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe some other hot young IndyCar driver that hasn't had the success he wanted in IndyCar, but would love to move over to F1 and has already been in that paddock a few times. Uh, yeah. But that won't happen you know, unless say. he gets yeah. the, he needs the, he needs the super license points. And unless the system changes, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, Colton hurt up, poor guy. But uh, all right, frat boy. Yes. <laughs> um, championship standings. Not too much has shaken up in drivers' championship, and the constructors, like we already talked about, McLaren did pass Alpine for P five. They are now ninety eight points behind Ferrari and P four, so I, they probably won't catch Ferrari by the end of the season, but uh, who knows. Um, if they keep finishing like podium, then they might. <laughs> uh, and Ferrari is finishing 9th and 10th. Um, but I just like looked, and we're now just barely like halfway through this F1 season, and Max Verstappen is on course to hit over 500 points. Um, <laughs> Red Bull is going to hit over 800 points like records are gonna be broken uh i didn't actually do the math i meant to earlier but i think max is gonna destroy the the win percentage rate um i think he can even lose one more or not win one more race and then if he wins the rest of them then he'll have that well in hand beating alberto ascari at like 86 percent win rate goodness <laughs> um, gracious yeah, it's it's kind of kind of insane. Uh, 
So if he has a season like that, he'll also obviously destroy his own record of most race wins in a season, which I think was like, what, 16 last season? And he'll definitely have it way over 16 this year. Um, yeah, not having trouble. He's already got 10. A check and balance to Max Verstappen has really just allowed him to run rampant. Yeah. He had 16 last season. He's already at 10 this season, and we're halfway through the year. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. <laughs> um, but uh, moving on to the Pit Stop Championship, Lando Norris won this week uh, with a time of 2.23 seconds. Not the fastest we've ever seen, but still pretty quick. Um, Red Bull had an off day with... Perez in P6 at 2.42, and Verstappen all the way down in P12 at 2.76. And I actually did change and update the numbers to be correct this this week. <laughs> very useful. Um, yeah, very, very useful. Um, that's kind of the notables in, uh, in the Pit Stop Championship. Standings have not changed much other than Norris has jumped Verstappen in the Pit Stop Championship. Uh, is now ahead of him by one point, um, but is still uh, 93 points behind Perez, so I don't see that gap closing anytime soon, especially with how good Perez always is. Um, Verstappen's down at P4, which is kind of insane, but uh, not not that it really matters if he's winning the actual championship. Um, yeah, he shouldn't Red feel Bull, too bad about that. No. Uh, Red Bull is... Way out in front in the constructors. Uh, Ferrari is close behind. Well, not close behind. They're they're behind by seventy two points. No, sixty two points. I can math. Um, and then McLaren and Alpine are separated by one point for P three and four. Uh, that's kind of the pit stop championship summary we've got for this week. The overtake of the week, we gave it to George Russell on Charles Leclerc on lap 31 of the British Grand Prix. It was a fantastic switchback coming out of that uh, really tight left-hander. I forget what it's called. It is turn number... Uh, turn six. He uh, switched. He cut back, um, gave him the old switcheroo around turn six, and then went around the outside of turn seven. And uh, just had so much more grip than Leclerc did, and made it made it work, and it was pretty pretty stunning. Yeah, Leclerc was in dire straits the entire race. Yeah, just seemed like I saw him down in like a good time. Yeah, I saw him down at tenth in tenth at one point. I was just like, "What? <laughs> What's happening? Where, where did he finish this race? Ninth. Yeah, and Sainz was tenth. Not Perfect. a great race for Ferrari. Yeah, got beat by Albon." Right? Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. Williams is faster than Ferrari. Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, all right. Let's go over our weekly predictions now, uh, starting with this week's for the British Grand Prix. Um, top five, to remind everybody, was Verstappen, Norris, Hamilton, Piastri, and Russell. Give me your top five predictions, Ben. Yeah, I had Verstappen, correct, obviously. Um, but I really had Perez doing a lot better, and Leclerc doing a lot better. Uh, and Russell had an okay race. Um, Alonso was a little off, um, based on where he previously has been. And Albon actually did really well, but he didn't quite make it up into the, the top echelon of points. But I'll consider that yep. like a, a .5 win. Yeah, pretty good. Not too bad. <laughs> Um, yeah. I also had Verstappen in first, obviously. Um, That's the free bingo space. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had Hamilton, Russell, Alonso, and Perez finish, finishing my top five with Lando Norris as my dark horse. So I Great absolutely nailed that. Yeah. Uh, and then I got everything else pretty much wrong, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> no one, I don't think anyone expected Piastri anywhere near the top five, but here we are. Yeah, um, yeah. At least we both got a fastest lap correct. We did. We both said Verstappen, and it went to Verstappen. And then let's look at driver of the day. It went to Lando Norris. I got it right. You did get it right, Ben. Great job. I think I almost Feels said good. Norris, but 
I chose Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Linda Norris got, I think, over 50% of the vote by the time it was done. Uh, Completely deserved it. Of the day. Him or Absolutely Piastri, really. Deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Norris absolutely deserved that one. Uh, such a good race. And um, there you go. I will happily give you the point for that one, Ben. Yeah, uh, and no crashes this year. No crashes? There was, no. There was a little uh, fender bender uh, with DeVries, and then uh, Alcon's car stopped working, and Magnuson's car stopped working, but... There were no uh, shunts into the wall, no rollovers, uh, nothing no 50 crazy. Crashes. We did yeah. have sh- stroll playing bumper cars and braking suspensions, but that was about as crazy as it got. Yeah, that's just um, business as usual. But yeah, nothing scary like last season when everyone thought Guanajuato died. Uh, <laughs> that was probably the one of well, I'd say the most insane crash I've ever seen. But I also watched the Grosjean crash live, so. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Pagano uh, had a pretty good crash in IndyCar last week too during the practice. Uh, yeah, that one was a, a little, a little spin. Yeah, it's kind of crazy though. The more you see them rolling over, especially in gravel, usually the better it is because all that energy is being dispersed. That is a uh, good point. Yeah, because like Alonso had a really crazy crash, kind of like that in Australia, I think, in twenty sixteen. Um crashed with Esteban Gutierrez and a Haas and uh, ended up airborne and flying through the air, but he tumbled through the gravel at one point and it slowed him down and his car was absolutely destroyed, but he got out and walked away fine. Um, yeah, I guess using 100% of the car to slow you down. Yeah, right. It looks scary, but it's actually the best thing. Uh, but for sure, it's definitely looks way scarier when... <laughs> when you see the car flipping over a bunch of times um i think honestly the most dangerous and scary crashes are the ones that happen on ovals uh because yeah. you just have like con- concrete walls and it's even all if, forward speed yeah even the impacts that don't look super hard are ridiculously hard crashes uh the one that kyle kirkwood had at uh indy this year was pretty pretty scary yeah um but speaking of indycar anyway yeah speaking of indycar we got the grand prix of toronto coming up next weekend um we've got three indycar races before the next formula one race uh first one is the grand prix of toronto i don't know what the official name is but that's what i'm calling it um who do you have for pole position ben this is a street circuit really tight short street circuit herda has gotten a really good qualifying the past couple races and i know he's not going to convert it but i feel like he has a shot at getting this pull too okay as long as pit strategy doesn't come into it i think he has a chance yeah there you go um yeah thinking about it the only like the pit lane was the reason he lost both of the last two races uh which is kind of sad but, yeah, refreshing uh, yeah, to see so, him out, but d- definitely, yeah. Yeah, so you have Herta on pole. I have Pedo Award taken pole position. He's usually pretty good at street circuits. I really thought about putting Grosjean up there, but I think his confidence <laughs> is shattered since the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah. So I decided not to. Yeah, I thought about it too. Um. All right, podium, what do you got? Uh, in no particular order, I have Polo, Dixon, and Erickson. Okay. And I have Polo, Award, and Newgarden. Uh, I think both podiums we have here are very doable, especially since Polo was on both of them. Uh, yeah. That's, again, that's a free uh, space. Almost, it seems like. Um, winning number of pit stops, what do you got, Ben? I put three. And I have two. I wasn't quite bold with a, a one pit stop race in IndyCar. <laughs> that'd be that'd be something <laughs> to see. Um, all right, that runs off the Grand Prix of Toronto. Next up, we've got our first race in Iowa. Uh, these are both 250 lap races. There are two races uh, two weeks from now, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. It is an oval. I have double checked to make sure. 
<laughs> uh, actually, I didn't, but I know for a fact this is an oval. Yeah. Um, they're both 250 lap races. I did double check on that. Uh, so it's essentially the same race. Uh, one thing, if this affects your pole position uh, guess on either one of these, Ben, unless you're just hedging your bets, um, there is only one qualifying session for both races. Okay. So I don't know if you want to change or if you want to, you want to keep it, keep it hedged like it is now. <laughs> um, I'll hedge my bets. I'll, I'll give myself essentially two tries. If I'm wrong, I'll be okay. really wrong. But if I'm right, at least I'll be halfway right. Halfway right. All right. Uh, so first race in Iowa, who do you have on pole position? Uh, I've got Erickson or uh, Pat Award. Okay. <laughs> That's what you had for the other one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Erickson for okay, so for Iowa qualifying you have Erickson or Padua Award. I doubled down on Joseph Newgarden for both races. Yeah. If you uh, asked me to really which is, I think I'd probably go Erickson. Okay. Yeah, Erickson was actually what I wrote the first time, and then I'm like, mm, maybe not. He hasn't been super good lately. Uh but it could happen. He is very good at ovals. Uh podium. What do you have for the first race, Ben? I've got Award, Ferrucci, and Erickson. Interesting. Okay. Throwing Ferrucci in there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen him have... kind of get some better placements, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Yeah, especially in Ovals. He got yeah. second at Indy, so uh, he could very well do pretty well in other places. Um, Newgarden, Polo, and Dixon was my pick for the first race. So uh, what do you have for your... Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, what do you have for your winning number of pit stops? I've got four. And I've got just, three. Just shoving them full of fuel. Shoving them full of tires. Yep. <laughs> got those short stints. Yeah. Uh, 250 laps. Oh, jeez. I am oh, yeah, I am way off. <laughs> it's going to be like five or six, actually, Actually, I think. But, okay, we've, we made our choice. Oh, yeah, 200. Uh, I just did that math, yeah. All For right. some reason, I was like, oh, that's like, that's like four pit stops, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it's like, no, that's at least, at least like six. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, okay, well, we'll take the L on that one. Yeah. Uh, pole position. What do you have, Ben? Oh, we already did this. Po podium yeah. for the second race. Uh, I've got Award, Dixon, and Polo. Okay. And I have Award, Erickson, and Polo. So we are kind of on the same page here. We swapped Erickson uh, for each podium. For Dixon, yeah. And and each podium for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, winning number of hit stops, we did the same because it's the exact same race. Wouldn't it be funny if it was different, though? It would be funny if it was different. Um, all right. Hungarian Grand Prix for Formula One. Uh, let's see. Top five, Ben, what do you have? I have Verstappen, obviously. And then I have Hamilton, Alonso, Norris. I don't want to go all in on McLaren just yet. Uh, and then Russell. And then I've got science as my dark horse, just to rub it in. Okay. Uh, my top five was Verstappen, Alonso, Hamilton, Perez, and Norris, with Albon as my dark horse. I, too, Solid. did not want to go full-on McLaren yet. Uh, in addition to the fact that I think, just based on the strengths I've seen in their cars, I think this might not be their strongest track coming up. Uh, Hungary is very tight and twisty uh and that is more of a um aston martin kind of thing so um it's also the name i of still have norris in fifth memoir. of what my new memoir what tight and twisty yeah yeah <laughs> nice anyway, yeah um, some jokes don't always land it's okay we can we can move past <laughs> it it's fine okay <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh, Alex Albon was my dark horse if I didn't say that already um, yeah that makes sense yeah 
So, uh, fastest lap. We it's both have Verstappen. <laughs> uh, I don't see it going any other way, and no no one else does either. I don't think. Uh, driver yeah. of the day. Uh, I've got, got Norris again. I I think if Norris puts in another good performance, I think there's a solid chance he uh, gets another driver of the day. Okay, going for the three Pete. Yep. Uh, I have Alex Albon getting driver of the day. Because uh, yeah. if he, I could see him doing well. Williams, for some reason, does do pretty well at Hungary. Um, this is where George Russell scored his first points for Williams, and also Nicholas Latifi. They got that double points finish oh, yeah. I think in 2021, I believe. Um, so this could be a, a secret Williams track. Um, and if that's the case, then Albon might do pretty well. And if yeah. he does, then he will definitely get driver of the day. If he finishes top five, he will get driver of the day, almost guaranteed. Yeah, if Norris and Piastri didn't exist in this last race, I could have seen Albon getting driver of the day for that. Yeah, he was up there. He was kind of anonymous, but he was he was like up there. He was like you said, past the yeah. Ferraris. Um, so all right, that rounds off our predictions for the upcoming four races. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. We're going to have a long episode next time around. What do you got for our words of wisdom today, Ben? So I talked about painting earlier, but uh, it's really honed in the the need for kind of beater clothes for just doing awful jobs. Like if you're out in the backyard weed whacking or working on like greasy, oily engines or cars and painting rooms, it's nice just to have like a comfy set of clothes that you're not afraid to just get dirty and wash separately from everything else. Absolutely. Um, I have ruined many shirts thinking, oh, I won't spill oil on it when I change my oil. And, uh, it I always wrong. happens. Every time. The um, closest, I guess, the one you're wearing. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, that rounds off our episode for this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. Uh, and follow RevHang Media on Instagram, where I post um, a couple of prediction-type things every week, and you can also get notifications when our next podcast episode goes live. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about the IndyCar Grand Prix of Toronto, the first and second Iowa races, and the Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See ya.